Hi, I'm Liz Cully, and welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Each week, I give you a glimpse into what I think is cool and chat with a ton of people that are definitely cool. No topic is off bounds unless, I guess, it's not cool. Welcome to Cool, Cool, Cool. Well, welcome back to Cool, Cool, Cool. Um, today's guest <laughs> is a dear friend. I feel like we've known each other f- through so many lives in LA, yeah, which is the truly, best part. Truly. You were like the first person I met when I came, before I even moved here, when I was just like, I'm in LA every once in a while. Wait, that's right. Mm-hmm. Our little group. Yeah, the crew. The crew. It, wow. Okay. And what a motley crew it was. What a motley crew indeed. <laughs> I mean, we, Sarni and I, who gets mentioned on this podcast every other episode, we were so excited because I think you were still working with Christina at Milk Bar. Yes, I was. And so we were like, fuck yeah, she's going to make us all this shit. Woo-hoo. You really like- And upped, I did. Yeah, but, you really uh, upped the food game for us. Do you know my first memory of you? <laughs> my first like real like strong memory. Oh my was, god. You were making cocktails. You're making the most yeah. delicious cocktails. Yeah. And I can't remember exactly what happened. We got into an not it wasn't an argument, but we had like a kind of an intense conversation you about and me? about what? About the I think it was like the recycling. Like you're asking me where the recycling was. And I was like, recycling is a sham. It's not a sham. It recycling is a sham. is Guess real. What? But like the way it's handled, I believe, in our country is is a sham because I used to handle all the trash for Milk Bar, right? So I would have to call New York, the New York City trash dudes. I call them dudes, the trash people, the people who are in charge of the trash. I think they're the trash dudes. The tra- but yeah, I think that's fine. Dudes. I think that's okay. So I would have to, I would call them every week. Like our bins would get stolen all the time. Just like weird stuff would happen. New York shit. And it, yeah, New York stuff. And our recycling bin kept getting stolen. I don't know why. But it did. And so every time I would and I would call like I had like a calendar reminder every day call at 5 p.m. and make sure like because it would take forever to get them. We're like, we have to keep recycling. We have so much trash that needs to be recycled. And finally, the person I spoke to, they're like, Courtney, I know you want this, but it really doesn't matter. It's all going to the exact same place anyway. We do nothing different with the recycling. That was like 10 or 15 years ago. Maybe that has changed. And but we I got was into like, a about this. Well, because I was basically trying, I was explaining to you that recycling didn't matter, but you're like, yes, it does. And I was like, no, it doesn't. And I, <laughs> and I well, this is so funny because now I know better and maybe it was from you, but it is a sham. Also, I've let Rachel and I are, I mean, we definitely do our recycling, but yeah. she and I get into it where I'm like, it doesn't even matter because it goes to the same place. And then they, and then it's a third party. Yeah. That like buys it all. Yeah. Oh and God. I don't even know. I mean, I need, it's been a minute <laughs> since I've researched this. It may have changed. I don't know how up to date you are with it all. But like last oh I heard, God. like I, that doesn't even happen anymore because I think China was buying yes. all of it, but China doesn't do that anymore. Wow. We I need to get not. some fact checkers for this episode for Whoa, sure. I didn't we're see coming, that. We're starting out strong. We're starting out strong. I thought the first memory of me, do you remember when <laughs> we did- What did you think my first memory Remember when we did a Thanksgiving together? Oh my God. And yes. all those oysters were being shucked. Yes. And that may have been actually the same day. That, really? It wasn't right? the first time we met, but it was like one of the- Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. To spend Thanksgiving, you know? That was the, I think that was the best Thanksgiving of my life to date. Well, it wasn't for me, and I'll tell you why. Because I decided, well, Kid Cudi was there. Scott, remember? Oh, yes. <laughs> and, 
and oh my god, I, I totally forgot about that. Okay, and I decided I was stopping oh, by oh your guys's. I brought over cocktails and like something else. We were, you know, that's in Los Feliz, so we were doing that. But then I had agreed to go to my boss at the time's house in Studio City with her like three year old husband and like a couple of coworkers, and I had like made another dessert or something. And I, at that point, hadn't really smoked weed in like many, oh, no. many years. And we were with some stoners. And I was like, Kid Cuddy, this is weird that you're here. And this is strange because it was really only like five of us. It wasn't very many of us. And that so it was like the first and only time, to my knowledge, that he ever came over to that house. Right. That was like the first and last well, time I, met I him. hit the joint, <laughs> which was the stupidest thing. And David Cho, who now works with Allison Roman, does all her content. Cho was like, dude, you're so high. Like, you shouldn't drive. And I was like, you're right. I can't drive. I can't do anything. I'll be fine. And I didn't want to admit how fucking stoned I was because then I started to get really weird. And like, everybody seemed very weird to me. Probably that's when I was like defending the recycling. <laughs> situation. Maybe I'm the one that sent you down the spiral. No, no, no. It was Kid Cudi. And then I <laughs> went into my car, into my little Jetta, and I laid in the back seat because I didn't want any of you guys. I just told you guys all that I left. And I went into the back seat, like outside of the car and just sat there for like might have been two hours until I wasn't stoned anymore. And then I drove to Studio City and had the weirdest Thanksgiving and was like, why am I here? Why did I leave? What am I doing? What's happening? So, I wish yeah. you would have stayed. I know me too. I should have just not have gone. I should have just been like, I should have made an excuse. But I hear you about the weed thing. And that's why I do not fuck with THC anymore at all. Because I always, I call it going to the dark place. Yeah. It's no, it's, I, I am a huge fan of CBD. Me too. But THC. Not no, for thank you. you. I have to be very careful with it. So yeah. So speaking of food, speaking of. <laughs> Entertainment. One of my favorite things that you make of all time is your nacho cheese dip. Queso. Queso is beyond. I had never been to Texas where you hail. No. I hail from Texas. You do hail. Okay. I was like, oh my God. Wrong. I do. Southern it's state. true. It's true. And I think your queso was one of the first quesos I've ever had. It was so delicious. It feels really retro. Like you've got Ruined Table, which is your incredible world that you've created of <laughs> old school menu cards, which I loved because obviously my mom had one like the Rolodex. They're the you, best. The best. And then you do lessons in chemistry, which is a massive hit. I know. Hit. hit. The, the hit. nominations just keep rolling in. Unfortunately, there's no a category for best lasagna. But <laughs> well, talk Excuse to me, me though about <clears throat> that's what I want to talk about. So and I'm actually I want to see if you if something is true. So you get, you do, you've done TV, you've done stuff before. It's not like this is your first thing ever, but Correct. you are the food stylist, connoisseur, recipe maker. Like describe to me what your role on Lessons in Chemistry was. So I, I think the credit says is food consultant or culinary consultant. So basically, which to me is the coolest. Very cool. So I got to, I basically had my hands in, in everything. So I would meet with the writers and the directors and with Brie and um, kind of figure out what, because Brie and also, Brie was a producer as well. Sure. Um, and so we would kind of like figure out what we wanted the food vibe to be, how we wanted it to be represented in the show, 
we knew we really wanted it to jump off screen and for everyone to be super hungry when they're eating it. So like I would help with that whole like brainstorm session for that. And then they would send the scripts and I would read through them, obviously, and then come up with a game plan um, of how we were going to make it and then head to the kitchen and work with like a fantastic team of food stylists to execute all the food and get it on set. And the other thing that I did, too, which sounds like an afterthought, but it was actually it was really my favorite part was I was the hand double for Brie. I knew it. <laughs> that was going to be what I was going to ask you. And yes. so Rachel and I, actually, I think we were a little stoned. We were watching it. I mean, the way, well, I got to watch it twice because I got to watch it before we did yeah. your FYC event, which was so cool. And um, then I watched it again with Rachel because like I had to, which was really intense. No spoilers here, but dude, the dog, like. I know. What the fuck? Like. You know, Brie got a dog named 630. Stop it. So cute. And it looks very similar. That's cool. He's so 630 is a great name for a dog also. But I said to Rachel, I'm like, I think Courtney is the hand double. Yeah. So are you also credited as a double? I don't I don't Mm. think so. I don't know. Mm. You know what? I didn't even look. (laughs) I don't think that I am, though. I think they would have told me. Got it. It's like a secret little under the radar thing. It was so fun, though, because I had to get on full costume. You did. Yeah, because they're and like put the wig on. And I was like and like they didn't put makeup on me, but they made me wear the Elizabeth Zott wig. And in my mind, I'm like, if they can like see the wig, it's too late. Like it's very clearly they're going to know it's not free. But um, I think they just did it as like insurance. But it was so fun. Wait. And I got manicures like I have never had so many manicures in my life. A dream. Well, and the costumes are so good. I did I did speak to, yeah, I spoke to her on Sunday and then also the hair and makeup team who was just- Miho. Miho is the best. She's a gem. Gem. And I mean, I can't play favorites, but my favorite of the season and I think it should win. So you read the book then, I assume. Did the author have a lot of input into what you were making as well? Um, no, not really. Other than obviously she wrote the book, but right. you know, I was fairly far. I never like personally spoke to the author, to Bonnie, but I was fairly far removed from at, at that point. But from what I understand, cause she was busy like doing another book, like Got I think she was on another book tour and she was like, I trust all of you. I know you're going to do right by me. Go forth and make this show. Wow. She said this to like the producers. So that was wow. really cool. And I think that that was a huge concern. And I know this because I went when I was on the press tour, I went with Natalie Sandy, who was one of the executive producers. So I heard her say it so many times. But like, you know, Natalie's a huge reader. And she was like, I want the people who read the book to love the show as much as they love the book. And so she really made it a point that to make sure that everything kind of flowed together. And, you know, obviously there are some differences. But. Yeah. I mean, so when you're making the lasagna, which is... A key moment in all of this. And the award for best lasagna goes to. Well, but is it? <laughs> so that's another thing. Do When you're making that lasagna for a show, is it yes. for visual and taste? Just visual? Taste well, only? How does I'm that work? Sh- I'm like a chef, like a restaurant chef. You know, that's how I came up. So for me, it needed to also taste good. It obviously needed to look good. But in my mind, if it tastes good, it's going to look good. Like more often than not. And so, and also the actors are actually, you know, taking bites of the lasagna and stuff like that. So we wanted 
that we wanted them to enjoy what they're eating. Sure. But yeah, so the lasagna from the show is lasagna. It's based on a recipe for lasagna that I make for myself every holidays for Thanksgiving. Um, I tweaked it a little bit so it would be slightly more 50s. Um, and what does that mean, slightly more 50s? Like I added ricotta. Like ricotta just feels very 50s to me. What do you normally do? You don't do ricotta. You do like bechamel. I do, yeah, I do a super like bolognese style, like uh, bolognese and a bechamel and, and parmesan. There's no mozzarella cheese behind. And I always hand make the noodles, which, you know, we. Um, I would like this. We post. Yeah, yeah. I can't believe you haven't had it before. I've made it so many times. But I guess I, it's been a minute. Haven't had it. Yeah. I'll, next, I'll make you some. Ah! But we also posted all the recipes. I saw so you that. Can, yeah, but so uh, but the recipes that we posted use store bought noodles just for ease because not everyone is a, is a psycho and wants to make their pasta fresh from scratch every time like me. So not everyone has that kind of time. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, you could also like buy, I think, fresh noodles some yeah. at some prepared stores. You can, but from but for my lasagna, I always make them because I roll them out as thin as possible so I can do like literally like twelve layers. I, it's so good. I mean, that's the only way it's where it's just like whisper thin. It's almost like, um, you know, those like remember those like, what is it? Hundred layer crepe cakes. Yes. Or sure was it Lady M Bakery in New yes. York? It's almost and like here. that. There's oh, yeah, there is one here now on Beverly. So it's like that kind of but more bite with the noodles and obviously lasagna. Delicious. Flavors, not crepe. <laughs> what else was iconic from the show? I mean, the lasagna was iconic, but what other I'm trying to think. Well, what there's, was the, there's the um, lamb, the rack of lamb, oh, yeah. the crown roast. Yep. Um, that's not necessarily, that was iconic to me because that was based on something that I actually did on my Instagram, oh <laughs> which my I God. thought was really cool that it made it into the show. We were like brainstorming writing and I was, because we were trying to think of cool things that Elizabeth could make. And I was like, well, one time I made a crown roast for Game of Thrones. So it's like, who will wear the crown? It was, it's, I like to do weird, silly things with food. Um, I know. That's why it's great. <laughs> Ruined table is so fun. That's yes. why the whole concept is the best. Thank you. You're welcome. But I um, So I made it. And then for some reason, when I was like presenting it, I like put it on my head and did like a weird curtsy bow thing. And I told Alyssa, who was one of the head writers for the show about it. And they wrote it into the script. Elizabeth doesn't. She's like, hmm, that was weird. So not only were you a hand stand in, but you because of the nature of the last year with the strikes, which I've talked about a lot on this show because it was a huge part of my life, you ended up like going on the full fucking press tour, like full on. You were the star. When I had a call with Apple about the whole event we were doing, they're like, well, we're really leaning into our food stylist. I'm like, yeah, that's my friend. Like, yes, I know. (laughs) But that kind of a unique once in a lifetime experience, especially potentially for the food. I mean, uh, the culinary consultant. It makes sense because the whole show is about food. Like it's perfect. But how did you feel about doing that? It was so fun. I I mean, you also got styled and you were, I mean, it was. Yeah, I had a stylist. I had a hair and makeup team. I was going like, you know, staying in fancy hotels. I know. I saw you on the street when I was <laughs> yeah. wildly hungover. We like I, you and I, I felt like I was on the lessons in chemistry tour. I mean, <laughs> I 
That was so funny. Uh, that was, yes, that was San Francisco. See. Yeah, in San Francisco. Just Probably. randomly walking by. But I'm from there. So I got very nervous when I heard Liz because it could have been a cousin. It could have been a friend. It could have been someone I slept with. It could have been so whoever. And I look up and I was like, Where? oh, just Hi, little everyone. Old me. Little old you in the car. It was great. Um, that was the last day, too. So obviously you should be on camera. Like, we know this. You're <laughs> a star. But like, what? Like, what happens now? Like, are you like, okay, like, this is an area that I want to continue in? Yeah. It is. I love it. I love, um, I love, I really love being on camera. I think it's super fun. I love talking. I don't know if you noticed. I had, I did know that um, about you. And, you know, and I see so you're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. Like, I obviously love cooking too. I'm keeping doing room table, keep, um, you know, pitching ideas until my face turns blue until someone you know picks one up and uh well that's just how that like oh i mean oh yeah totally that's i remember part of the biz yeah it is part of the biz and it's kind of fun sometimes like things happen at different times for a reason i watched um you did a lot of behind the scenes like cooking content with as with you filming with a lot of the actors that i've seen on social and i watched something with brie and she was like well Courtney is like one of my best friends. And I was like, you're best friends with Brie Larson. Are you best friends with Brie Larson? And I just like did not know. Yeah. How did you meet Brie Larson? Just from being around. What do you mean from being around? Like, what does that even mean? Like in Silver Lake, Los Feliz, Highland Park. Like, what do you guys do? Yeah, we were at the grocery store and we both reached for the same orange at the same time. And it was friends. Right after that, best friends. But no, I mean, and I know you hang out with lots of cool people because you're cool and we're all cool, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, but have you known her for a long time? Yeah. I've known her for, I met her very shortly after I moved to LA, like when I fully moved to LA. Okay. Just through friends, friends of friends, just being around. That whole like, crew. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. wild. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, cool. She's awesome. And you know, like there's some people who you meet and you're like, okay, like this is a person who I like, but we probably won't be like become like super close friends. Like that was not the case with Brie at all. I was like, oh, we're definitely going to end up being good friends. I can already tell. Well, and she's like the spectrum between Marvel. I know. And like lessons in chemistry. The room I'm too scared to watch. I'll oh, it's it. so good. I'm not going to watch that. It's, well, OK. It's too scary. It's not scary. Yes, it is. She's locked in a room. But it's not scary. Mm, it's like. What is scary? It's not. Though? It's not ideal. It's not something that I would personally want to have happen to me. But all right, fine. Maybe I'll give it a go. Give just it a, like the little boy. Horror. They're like in the room. It's I really, don't know. I, it's like it really. Well, you don't have to. I won't force you to watch it. I mean, listen. I say I won't watch things, and then I do. I just watched Gremlins for the first time. Have you ever seen that movie? Yes, of course. Yeah. Can I tell you something? Give Gremlins two a, a whirl. <laughs> I might. Well, and also so ridiculous. I do this crazy thing and I don't know if you do it either. I feel like it's sort of an L.A. like industry thing where when I watch something, I'm immediately on IMDb, like seeing who the people are, what they've done. Do you know who the voice of Gizmo from? uh, No. Gremlins is? No. Howie Mandel. (laughs) What? What? Yeah. But Gizmo doesn't even... Oh, really? Yeah, he does. Also, why was no one shocked? Corey uh, Feldman and the Billy guy were not even like that shocked about Gizmo. They were like, oh, he's cute. All right. So anyway, I'm like, what? 
You Wait, have this Corey like crazy. Feldman. Corey Feldman's in. Yeah, he's like the little annoying friend that comes over. You remember that? Gremlins is you know, fucking insane. You know what? It's been so long since I've watched Gremlins because I've only been watching Gremlins 2. <laughs> All right, I'll give Gremlins 2 a whirl. I'm ready for it. Do it's a it. Christmas movie. Is, is it also a Christmas movie? Well, I consider it a, a Christmas movie because it's adjacent to Gremlins, which is very much a Christmas movie. Yeah, Gremlins It's Christmas crazy. adjacent. I couldn't believe it was Steven Spielberg. Like, all of my brain was just blowing. I was like, what is this? Anyway, so maybe I'll watch The Room. But okay, so you but, guys- But okay, you don't have to watch The Room if oh. you don't want to, but you absolutely have to watch Gremlins 2. <laughs> <Do> I? <laughs> I can't. Stress this enough. I will be doing that this weekend. It is the most ridiculous movie. There's also a really good Key and and Peele skit, sketch, that you should watch before, or maybe after. Maybe watch it before. No, I have to watch it after because then I won't get it if I watch it. But it might be a good setup. All right. Yeah. Listen, and there's a Gremlins 3. Is there? Mm Mm-hmm. IMDb. I don't know if I've seen that one, but maybe I... All right, I'll give Gremlins 2... A go this weekend, maybe. Let me know what you think. I want an immediate text. text. You will get one. So you started at a very iconic, you've like been in a lot of iconic, cultural, vibey moments in yeah, your career. I have. I have really good timing. You really do. Mm-hmm. So what, how does that happen? Like a girl from Texas, where did you go to college? You went to? In Austin. And then, Le Cordon Bleu. Le Cordon Bleu. And then how did you make it to New York? Well, one day I was like, I need to go to New York. <laughs> and then you just went? And like two weeks later, I went. And then how it did was, you get the job with Christina? I emailed. So it's actually, I, looking back, I'm like, wow. But you know, like, I'm a big proponent of following your intuition and your gut. And it was like, literally, I woke up. Because I'd been like, in my mind, like, I really wanted to move there. And then one day I woke up and I was like, it's time. It's time to go. And so um, I literally gave notice at work. Got rid of all, like, just gave away all of my furniture, packed anything that I could fit into my Toyota Avalon. Mm. <laughs> Bigger than a Camry. Yeah, and I fit a lot Sizable. of stuff. Sizable. My um, dad had a, a Toyota Avalon. Big trunk, those yeah. cars. I mean, that's how I ended up with the Toyota Avalon. My dad bequeathed it to me when he there got in go. the car. I would never just, like, have a Toyota Avalon. <laughs> Otherwise. Why not? Do they even make those anymore? Anyway, so, drove to New York. Did not have a place to live. Did not have a job. I think I had two grand. Did you uh, have friends? Not really, no. But one, yeah, no, I knew no Where one. Where did York. you stay? Well, I'm going to tell you. Thanks okay, for sorry. asking. So I, I, when I was leaving, a, fr- a coworker was like, hey, I have a friend who lives there. She might need a roommate. So I, like, I was like, okay, cool, noted. So I like, emailed, they put me in touch, and she was like, yeah, sure, I actually do need a roommate. So I got a place to live on the way. <laughs> and then when I got to New York, I, was, I knew Milk Bar had just opened. And I was on Craigslist, trawling Craigslist for jobs. And I saw that Noodle Bar, which is one of the Momofuku restaurants, they had posted for a job. And I responded. I was like, hey, I don't want to work for you. I really want to work for Milk Bar. Here's my resume. Could you pass it along? And then like three days later, Christina Tosi calls. She's like, come in. Let's meet. And we met. And I like did like a trial. Trail? trial. I, can't I think it's a called. trial. Yeah. Trail. No, it's called trailing. I don't know. It's been so long. Is it trailing? <laughs> it's basically when you work for free. No, for I know. I did. I've done it. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's trailing. I think it's trailing. It's, I think it's trailing. I don't, I don't know. It's been, anyway, we'll, we'll look that up later. Can someone phone a friend? Um, but, and then was offered a job and I took it. And then 
And it was just a few months after Milk Bar opened. So that was good timing for me. So I very quickly rose through the ranks and became the culinary director. And I wrote those cookbooks. Which I have. And you're in it. Mm Your little picture. My little picture. I find that cookbook sometimes hard to use. It's it's a lot. It's like the recipes. Honest with you. No, no, no. They're very intense. Like there's just like a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. I did a cooking, a baking class at Milk Bar here in LA, and I was so annoying the whole time. I'm like, my friend, um, yeah, <laughs> my friend Courtney, yeah, she like <laughs> wrote this book. So like, if you had any questions, like, just ask me. As I'm like making these like s- milk soaked fucking cake balls, where I'm like, what are we eating? Are these perishable? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> They're extremely. Perishable. They're extremely perishable. Yeah, they were like, yeah, you have to eat these. Tomorrow. We were like, what? <laughs> and then I made, I special asked for the crack pie. Mm, it's not that called that anymore. Why not? They got a lot of flack on the internet for calling it crack pie. It's, I think it's called milk bar pie now. Oh, for the love of God. Really? Yeah, there was a, there was a cancel moment, I think. <sighs> what is something? Well, here's the thing. You've obviously worked in so many restaurants. I have also worked in so many restaurants. There are some things that I like don't ever want to eat. Again, like you just make them or you eat them oh, yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, I can like smell in my hair. Da, 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 yes. Da, da. Sometimes I miss some things that I like potato pillows with caviar from Bix in San Francisco. Ooh. Did I eat them every single day on break? I sure did. Would I love one? Sounds good. Right? Wait, what's a potato pillow? Oh, my God. It's it's like a it's basically like piped. It's like Dauphinois and mashed potatoes had a baby. You know what I mean? So, right. Why don't we have them these right now? Right I feel now, like that and would be like a really good like. I know. A accoutrement. It's like a little creme fraiche and then caviar. And they're mm. like this big and you just pop them in yeah. your mouth and they that. are amazing. I want that. Um, Is there anything that you could still stu- like what's your favorite thing for milk bar? The thing that I probably the cornflake marshmallow cookie. That oh. was al- that was always my my thing that I loved the most. Would you would do you ever make anything no, from there? Because you just made no. so many yeah, of well, it. Never. You couldn't. Like I if somebody wouldn't dream of it. Came in. If I invited you here right now <laughs> and I had a box of milk bar cookies, would you be like, nah, dude, I can't do it? Because you've had them so many I would, times. I would probably if it was a cornflake chocolate chip marshmallow cookie, I would do this. I would do this move. I would reach in, I would break it in half. I would break it in a quarter, maybe break it into an eight, and then I'd do this. Mm, but that's probably as far as I would go. How does it make you feel when you go to like Whole Foods or albeit, I think, Sprouts or anywhere and there's like milk bar ice cream, milk bar, like so many products. Is it crazy to you? Yes. Makes me feel like I wish I had stock in milk bar. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but that um, was, that's like, that's what well, I mean. By, I, mean I mean, you hit it so early. Like you were such an integral part of that. I mean, I that it's a how that's a big brand now. She's on a lot. I mean, she's it's out. Huge. It's huge. Yeah, it's true. Is it crazy, though? Or are you like, oh, I did that and you move on like it's it's not. I mean, I'm not surprised by it by yeah. any stretch. Christina is a very um, hard worker and very um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, my God. I've y'all. The older I get, the less I can use my brain. Like, I'm, I don't no, know no, why. Shit. Also, I just called you y'all. <laughs> The listeners or y'all. Um, ambitious. She's an ex- like probably she's one of the most ambitious people I've ever met. So I'm absolutely not surprised. And I knew when I left Milk Bar, like that was the ultimate plan was to go get into like CPG, which yeah. is a consumer packaged goods. 
Sure but is. That, but that whole world, I mean, that whole world kind of freaks me out. I've worked in that world for other different for different brands. As Duh, you know. I was the yeah. ice cream tester <laughs> at Cool House. My, Duh. I did that job gratis. It's, it's such a strange world. It's really weird. Yeah. Food science like that, like people that come up with flavors. And I mean, it is really, truly science. It is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. I mean, I have all sorts Some of ideas. Some might say it's chemistry. It is chemistry. <laughs> Cooking is chemistry. Cooking but is it, chemistry. But it is. Full circle. Literally. But it is such an interesting world. What other things have you done that you like were lo- like it was good timing outside of Milk Bar lessons in chemistry? Ruined. Like what? Give me another good one. Oh, man. I think that about covers. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I feel like, well, no. I, I think it take. I mean, I think something, I think like timing is, I think time isn't linear. Mm. And I think that, you know, you know, like we were saying earlier, some things take longer, some things take shorter. And I do feel like, like with Ruined Table, like that's been in my mind. Like I've been talking about it and like about dinner parties and like doing fun, cool dinner parties, like restaurants are great but the next the next best restaurant is your home kitchen and like making that a thing is something that's been in my mind for years like since I first came to LA and then I finally launched it and started doing it during covid because I was like well it's now or never McBroom you got to you yeah. got to like pull the trigger at some time and um and I think like I feel like I do have a tendency like if you think about the collective consciousness like I feel like I always know something's going to get big right before it does. And so I feel like just, and so I think with like dinner parties in particular, we're seeing more and more of that, like people having like smaller intimate gatherings or and like alternatives to restaurants, whether that's supper clubs or like people having like weird secret dinner parties in different places, stuff like that. Which um, I love. I'm yeah. like so, obviously I love a dinner party and I'm so into that. What, if somebody said to you, okay, I'm hosting, I want it to be like an, epic dinner party. I'm not a chef, but I like to cook. What is the menu? Is there a theme or is it just whatever? I mean, I love a theme. And but how many no. people? Six. Six people. No theme? I mean, here's what I always say. What, what would be your favorite dinner party theme? If you're going to throw a dinner party, what would you want the theme to be? Theme. Fuck, that's such a good question. I know. Because well, I love... Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I love a theme because it gives me Structure. a box to work within. And I think that makes it so much in- more well, interesting. Well, I did a hot dog party for my birthday and you and I both love hot dogs. How do I join that hot dog club? I'm You're a- in. All you have to do is ask. Congratulations. Oh, I, I did a, a proud hot, member. I did a hot dog birthday party, like backyard, where I- Dream. It was fabulous. And I kind of then did high-low. I love high-low. Mm-hmm. So I had like- a bowl of, I like, I'm really into this now, even at my house for like a party, I like doing like a little bowl of Cheez-Its or like a little bowl of goldfish or yeah. like a little bowl of M&Ms like throughout. Do you know what I mean? Where you're like, oh, that's Absolutely. like kind of like children's food, but I'm like, fu- but that's, that's what actually what I want to eat. eat. Yeah, you gotta have like little snacks. I think for dinner parties, like the easiest thing to do is something that you can make ahead and, and just reheat. So whether that's like a pan of enchiladas with like a really big salad or like macaroni and cheese or a lasagna, Stuff like that, especially if you're not. That's smart. If you're not like a seasoned chef, like that's really simple. Or like, you know, roast chicken is so classic. Or like a big roast hunk of meat, a slow 
roasted pork is so easy. You can do like pork tacos. I got lots of ideas. Wow, really? You? Do? I'm now very hungry. I honestly don't know how I wouldn't be able to cook for one person to save my life. One person. I do it all the time. I do it for Rachel almost every fucking night. Really? Of her life. Yeah, I make like a meal and then I have to like portion it in the freezer because I've made so much. Well, yeah, but that's like restaurant life. Like my grandfather was a baker. I don't know if you knew this. No, I didn't know this. The Cully Bakehouse in Wellington, New Zealand. What? Wait, Generation- New Zealand? Yeah. Your family's from New Zealand? Wellington, New Zealand. I did not know that. Well, here we are. And uh, you my, know dad, someone. my dad would deliver bread to the town. They did like all the wedding and all the cakes and the whole. Yeah. But his cookbook is insane because it's I like his cookbook? 32 eggs. It's like 32 eggs four pounds of flour. And I'm like, how the fuck am I supposed to like, I can't make that. No, like the batches we were making at Milk Bar. God, I can't, it's been so long, but I want to say like the batches of cookies started off with like 30 pounds of butter. That's like the mixers. Oh yeah. Like the, I was scared of the mixers. Cause like, if you like, look, thank God, like nothing ever happened, but like you'd literally die. Like it would, like if you like accidentally (laughs) fell in, oh my God, do you want to, Mm. Yeah. Do you want to hear fall? a really fucked up story? Yeah. So this has this is not milk bar related, but it, um, I was doing I was working for Cool House ice cream, and I was at and this is not Cool House related either, but we were we were at the ice cream factory doing like a massive run of like a hundred thousand units, and I was there with um, a guy who had worked in big factory um, kitchens for his whole life. And he had recent. He had worked at a poultry plant once. Oh, Are you no. sure you want to hear this? It's really. I, but I asked him. I was like, "What's the What's the most fucked up thing you've ever experienced, like on the job?" And he he said that they um, had the meat grinders, and one time a guy, like there was not proper protocol, and a guy fell into it because while he was cleaning it, and someone accidentally started it and literally ground him. Like how he survived. How did he survive? He he was leg first. So he lost his legs. Oh yeah. You might want to edit. That's I'm like, not gonna <laughs> edit it out. We need content like this. You know I've what though? I would rather die. Would... I actually would just kill me. He wouldn't tell me the factory name. Well, yeah, of course. I would if I fell into a meat grinder. It's the way I like f- a giant. You know what? It's the same way I feel every time I drop something in the food dispose the. Oh, disposal. I won't put my hand down there. Well, you have to sometimes. And I'm always like. I use tongs. Uh, 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 like I'm going to lose my hand every time. I'm always like clear out of the fucking kitchen. It's always like scary to me. It's terrifying. It's legitimately terrifying. Uh, I would actually want to die. I think if I fell into a meat grinder and my meat, my legs were ground, <laughs> my bones <laughs> and my skin and my, and my muscles so were. Up ground i think i would say please give me a gun i i i would try to call good old paul o'grady even though he's dead i would say give me your gun and i'm Who's paul O'Grady? he was the oh we talked about this off camera he was the guy that i went on a date with who oh, i thought worked paul at paul o'grady is his name that i that i thought worked at the howard stern paul show o'grady go back and listen to my diary episode if you want the full thing there uh Little story there. Would I would die. I would want to die. I don't think I would want to survive because there's no will to live. My legs were grounded. <laughs> like it's a wrap. It's a wrap. 
Um, it's a wrap. Okay, so yeah. would it, you ever uh, write your own? Like, I mean, you have with Ruined Table, you have yeah. the menu cards. Well, and then, yeah, the, and then Divine Your Dinner. I wrote that cookbook. But do you know, do you not know about that? No, cookbook? what's that about? Wait, what? Who's that? I feel like you're going to dig this. It's my cookbook. I came out two years ago. What it's the a, fuck? It's a tarot card cookbook. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, I your- went to the party or I went to the thing. Oh, yeah. The, the cookbook party? I don't know. Because yeah. it was during COVID. It's like, that was a weird- Yeah, wasn't it on the top of the Nomad? The roof of the Nomad? Mm-mm. Oh, wait. No, no, it was. You did it. You did something. And we like ran into each other there. I was on what the top of the Nomad with what Natasha and Freya and a bunch of Leses and you. <laughs> And a tarot card, and there was crystals, and there were tarot oh, people. No, 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 no. That, oh, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I, like, weren't, and then I was like, oh, hi, Courtney. Tarot people, people made of tarot. That was not, that was kind of like the pre, the beginning of the idea for the cookbook. Oh. Because that was like a long time ago. I, m- time and space. Oh, yeah. It's not, it's not linear. Oh, right. I don't know. I'm like, you were there. Yeah. I was there. Yeah, you're right. I remember now. Okay, so well, that's interesting. So yeah. tell us about the cookbook. So it's um, basically there's a recipe for every card in the tarot deck. And so. Oh, I do remember this. Yeah, yeah. So the using in the recipe like kind of uses ingredients that are symbolic of the energies of each card. Because wow. if you think about like folklore, magic, folk magic. Um, different ingredients were used for different things like many years ago, like back in back in the olden days, and they have energetic properties. And so we kind of combined um, combined both into a cookbook. Pretty cool. So you can like so LA. you can like do oh, it's the most LA thing ever. You can like do a spread and then make the recipes based on that, or you can like decide what you want to cook and see like, oh, this is the card it represents. Maybe I need more of this in my life. More love. The most L.A. thing I've ever heard of in my life. I love that. Okay, well, would you write another one? A different book? About tarot cards? No, about anything. Oh, yeah, for sure. I want to do like a full-blown ruined table book, like a dinner party, like fun, weird, like dinner party book. Great. And And I have some other things in the works that I will have to come on the podcast at another time to talk more about because it's not for sure uh, so I don't want to like, you know, I'm gonna knock on all that. What do you think about like millennial food culture? Because, you know, I am a de- devotee. Oh, really? I really am. Like I. Well, define millennial food culture. Okay. Molly Baz. Allison oh. Roman. Like Grossi Pelosi, who was a guest on this show. Like this sort of like. Maybe not necessarily. I mean, I think Allison worked in a restaurant, but like you haven't really worked in a restaurant, but you've like now started like a food blog or an Instagram. And now you have like a line of cookware. Chrissy Teigen is millennial. Yeah. Well, I will say Allison did work in restaurants. She worked at the bar with me. Oh, she did. Yeah. We've known each other for years and years and years. But and she worked in San Francisco restaurants as well. But um, I took I when you first said millennial food culture, I thought you were talking about like TikTok trends. Which I that's can't. Gen Z. Well, yeah, and that's I guess, like I guess that makes butter sense. candles and shit. I'm like, get out of here. I don't have fucking time for well, that. Well, okay. Here's the thing that speaking of butter candles, I don't have time for that shit either. But here's what I another, you're like, however, the butter no, candle. No, but listen. So this is why I hate that shit because like I I found out that like you can make butter candles years ago, and I was like, oh cool, I want to like make those and sell those, and so I was like testing them and making them, and I soon realized I was like. 
yeah, it's cool, but it doesn't work. The butter burns. The wicks like don't stay lit and it's not that good. And it's like doesn't really make sense at all. So I was like, I'm not going to do that. And then all of a sudden it's this huge trend. And in my mind, I'm like, like for me, like I think there's so many food trends that like look pretty, but they don't taste good and they don't actually work in real life. And that really bums me out. The TikTok stuff, I can't. Like, girl dinner, I'm starving. Like, why? I don't even know what that is. It's just a fucking charcuterie board. I'm like, oh, I those need... have been around for thousands of years. No, I know. It's it's like silly stuff. I'm millennial culture. I just mean it's more like, yeah, like the Allison Romans, the Molly Baz. I would even put you into millennial. I mean, that. Even though I'm actually Gen X. No, you're not. Yes, huh? What year were you born? I don't want to say it, but it's Gen X. Is it before 1985? Like, interesting. I, I'm an exennial. What is it called? An exennial? I'm like right on the cusp. Yeah, I'm technically a millennial, but I think I'm an ex exennial. I take pride in yeah. I take pride in my Gen X tendencies. Like what? Just being cool, cool and cool. Yeah, I think Gen Xers are the just freaking coolest. People love Gen Xers. Yeah. Gen Xers had it so easy. They had Bill Clinton. They had the benefit of the Reagan years. They had very good music. 1994, very, we've talked I about mean, it on the show. The Stellar part. year. Green Day, Dookie. Crazy, sexy, so much, cool. Yeah. Tupac at his fucking height. Like, don't even get me wrong. Where, is there a concert that you never went to that you'd have always wanted to go to? I mean, I would have loved to have seen Nirvana, obviously. Mm, me, 1996, 4th of July, House of Sunset, or, or House of Blues on Sunset. Tupac's last show it was oh. the fucking best. You were I, there? No, I was 11 oh. years old. Oh. Well, I don't know. But you know what, though? I went to fucking I Freedom to Tibet concert, which is tight. I, would, dude, I, I went to some cool shit. No, fair enough. I don't know why no one in my life as an adult had the wherewithal and really the love and kindness to drive me from San Francisco <laughs> to the fucking House of Blues to the most fucking just wild concert of all time. And they didn't. And I will Were you a fan forget. of Tupac then? Oh, psychotic. Mm. Always have been, always will be for the day I die. One of the greats. Truly, truly. Yeah. Okay. So Jenna, so you identify more with you. All right, fine. I then. mean, I identify both, but okay. like, I like to throw that Gen X in there because I think it's cool. Do you follow food accounts on Instagram? Fuck no. Why? But I don't watch, I, because it's also, it's, I, I get triggered by it. Because you get annoyed. Like I've done that or that's that, yeah, not right. I, mean, or, oh, I either get annoyed. Like this is, this is dumb. This doesn't, this is not real. Or I've done that and like, why didn't I go viral when I did that? Or why didn't I think of that? Or, oh my God, I'm not working hard enough. Why, like, you know, it's like any combination of yeah. it all. I mean, I'll occasionally like go and like look at stuff just to like see what's going on in the world. But I kind of stay away from it because I want to like make sure that I'm always authentic and following my own path. I don't want to be like accidentally copying anybody or like, you know, like I, I yeah. really like take pride. And I think, I mean, I hope that I've, my career, in my career so far, I've really kind of carved my own path and like done things differently. Yeah. And not, which, you know, for better or for worse, but um, like, I don't ever want to be influenced by like trends. I want to be making the trends. Mm, trendsetter. Yeah. Well, so no food network for you. No. I couldn't even watch the bear. Well, the bear is, first of all, wildly triggering for anyone that's worked <laughs> in a restaurant. Especially fine dining it. of yeah, any fucking kind. Yeah, I tried to kind. watch it, but I couldn't. 
Season two is even like more of an emotional wreck. Also, we like have all the chef culture of it I all. I can't. Like, I when don't they, think you could. I, I know. I was like, first episode, I was like, when they started like name dropping Noma, I was like, nope. <laughs> she said, no, wait till they go in the fucking tickets. Like there's one scene. No. And the ticket, they they didn't. Like the restaurant tickets in Spain? Well, yeah. I don't even, I don't even want to know. It's, and it's like, because basically they turned on like online orders, but didn't realize it's like, oh, no. I, so there's this restaurant in Spain called Tickets. Oh. I think it's called Tickets, but it was like a really trendy, like gastro thing. Like, no, that's OK. What's I your was f- like, I was like that. I was like, that's a really deep cut. It's weird. that they No, no, no. There I don't even know if it's cuts, still though. open. What are your top three restaurants in L.A. and top three restaurants in New York? Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, I did a whole it's funny. I, I was actually just talking about this with a friend. Um, about I did like a whole series, like a Instagram story thing when like the 50 best restaurant thing came out. And once again, this was like a couple of years ago. Noma was like number one. So I did that. I went on this whole rant on Instagram about how like, yeah, Noma's fine. But like my favorite restaurants are like the corner spot where I can go get really great oysters, you yes. know, or like whatever that is. And like, why don't we talk more about those restaurants? Like, and so I asked all the people that follow the millions of people that follow me on Instagram, to like send in like what their favorite spots were. And they were all just like cool, like neighborhood joints or like things you don't think of. And I thought, found that so interesting. Yes. So my favorite places in L.A., you know, I, that's really, really hard to say. But I can most recently, I just went to Queen Street Oyster, which is like right by me. It was so cute and great. The oysters were delicious. Very the, good. The interior was precious. It's like a great date spot. Yeah. And the co- the wine selection was really good. I, I really loved it. Um, was it my favorite restaurant in L.A.? I don't know. But I really like it. Okay. I also love. I also love like the old LA haunts, like Musso and Frank's. The best. The food's not very good, but like or Smokehouse. Like none of these. I just went to Dantana's recently, and like I've still never been. What? It doesn't make any sense. You have to. Go I to know Dantana's. it's so it's, weird. Well, and here's a tip which I didn't realize. You have to ask if you can sit inside because I was just there and I forgot to say we need to sit inside, and so they sat us outside. No, I would have left. Not the experience. You need to sit inside at Dantana's. So like I love all of those really old classic LA. Dear haunts. John's is Dear love. John's. Oh my God, Dear John's. The Sandabs. Yeah. Oh, wait, I don't know that one. The Sandabs. Do you know no. what a Sandab is? Is that a, a very San that Francisco? A crab? It's a white fish. Oh, Paper oh, the Sandabs at Dear John's. Oh, I thought there was a restaurant called Sandabs. No, Dear John's. Man, is I great feel though. like a fool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what about New York? Where are you going in New York? I mean, that my first stop always in New York is. Um, Oh my God. Thai diner. Used to be Uncle, Bo- Uncle Boone's, which is a Thai place in Nolita. They closed down and they opened Thai diner also in Nolita. Have you been there? No. My God. It's my, it, that might actually be my favorite restaurant in the world. Um, I like, it's my first, like from the airport, I don't go to the hotel or wherever I'm staying. I go straight. Really? <laughs> Thai diner. And it, it's open. I think it's open 24 hours. Or maybe not. It's open for most of the day. And so it doesn't matter when you arri- when I arrive. I just go. I sit there. They have like a really great ice cream. I order like I order like an insane person, like as if I'm ordering for there's five of us. But it's almost always just me, like just sit at the bar, have a cocktail. I love it. So I love Thai Diner. Wow. Um, I love Via Corota. 
Classic. So good. And then across, so you go put your, the trick for Via Corota is you go put your name in and then you go across the street to um, their cocktail bar, who's, which the name is escaping me. I was just me. there literally like weeks ago. I didn't notice there was. They have a, the cutest little cocktail. Oh, yes. Yeah. What's it called? Oh remember. my God. And that is where we actually took the baby and we had like a million drinks. I don't know, but yes. Yes. It's so cute. Um, and then I love Four Horsemen in Williamsburg, which is James and my friend James and Randy's spot. Okay, I haven't been. Love that. Oh, it's an amazing wine bar. And good old Williamsburg. So you know it's cool. Oh, so cool. <laughs> Is Williamsburg cool still? <sighs> I don't think so. <sighs> I think it's pretty cheese now. But yeah. I, it's fine. All right. Well. What about you? What's your favorite? Yeah. What, my favorite? Yeah. In LA? Mm. It's the same thing. I don't know if they're the best restaurants, but I love them. I love All Time and Los Feliz. Oh, yeah. That place, that is really good. It fucking is always good. It just like is always good. Yeah. Um, I do love Sunset Tower. Oh, classic. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what LA is for, being classy I, and it's cool. Just and classic chic. and chill. Mm -hmm. I mean, give me some pigs in a blanket, like zucchini chips, like I'm good. Cobb salad for dinner. Why yes. Not? Um, and then another I love Jitlada. You know this. is great. Jazz. Shout out to Jazz. I am really into sticky rice at the moment. I like love a Thai moment always. Yeah, I love Night Market. I love, I was just going to say, I fucking love those party wings and I love Night Market. So spicy. So spicy. Really put you out the next so day. So good. Don't just. Don't have plans for the following day. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. I love Carousel because I am a Glendale girly mm, yes. and it's delicious. Um, and in New York, Via Corotta, that's a strong one. I do love Oh my God. And I have the sweatshirt because I bought it in the pandemic. Help me. Help me. Oh my God. This is so bad. My brain. I'm the same as you. My brain Russ is. Russ Daughters? Steak freed is what we get all the time. At, in New York? Yes. Oh my God. Oh, um, is it like the classic? Starts with an R. R. Rowels. Oh. Rowels. And I love I've Bouvet. Never been what? Bouvet's good. You've never been to Rowels? No, God damn it. You got to go. Okay. Steak free. Call it a day. Okay. Wait, I where, where is it? It's like near Bouvet. It's like West Village. West I Village. love. Um, also, you know what I love too, but this is more of a, but it's, this is also a place and a time is Roberta's Pizza. Like when it first opened. When it first opened. Because like, like that the was one a, in Culver City. That was a, that was a time and a place to be. Yeah. They also that cute, that cool little radio station. Oh. Heritage yeah. Radio. What a time. What a time to be alive. What a time. Th truly, like, those years in New York were great for food. They I mean, really they're all good for food, but, like, I would say when I was there specifically, not because I was there, but I just had good timing, but, like, 2010, 2007 through 2015. A wonderful time in New York. A lot of cool stuff going on. I don't, I haven't been, I was there in February, but I haven't been since February. It's been almost a year since I've been. It was a year for me. It was great to be back, but I'm glad I live in L.A. Mm. I like it here. I like LA too. Okay, last and final question. Mm -hmm. If Lessons in Chemistry wasn't just a series and it kept going, do you think Elizabeth's dot? Oh, sorry, big spoiler, but it's my show. So you can turn it off now because this is the last question. Spoiler. Do you think Elizabeth Zott would or should have kept her show going? Oh. No, I think she did the right thing. I think she did the thing that was right for her. She ultimately wanted to be a scientist, be a chemist, and that's what she did. You can always go be a special, a special guest on the show. There you go. 
There you go. Courtney, I love you. Thank you for being a guest I on love Cool, you. Cool, Cool. This was so fun.